We'll dive deeper in the Charlotte Hornets schedule that was just released yesterday. Plus, we'll continue our series on who wore it best today on Locked On Hornets. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> Lockdown Hornets, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. So check us out there. The subscriber number continues to grow, and we thank you for that. Check us out on Twitter, too, at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, LOH, at Lockdown Hornets. No hat today, Doug. I feel like that's rare. Did you forget, or did you just decide to rock with no hat? I'm going to say that I decided to rock with no hat. I want to <laughs> say that it's a choice, but it may. I, yeah. I focused a lot on the T-shirt today. I've got a T-shirt that we made as a previous version of this show, a Kimball Walker All-Star number 15 jersey shirt that I made. Uh, maybe, an, maybe in honor of what we're going to do later in the show, who wore it best. So there you go. You wore that T-shirt best. I would go ahead Thanks, and give man. you that. Even Appreciate if I tried it. to put that on, there's no reason. That number should be retired for you. Number 15, Doug Branson wore it best. Let's talk about the schedule a little bit more here, Doug, because we went through over, or we went over some of the, I don't know, some of the top of the dome takes there. We had a couple of the back-to-back game thoughts. We didn't exactly know what was going on. I know you have some more info on that. We can take a look at the beginning of the schedule too. We are going to continue this journey as well on Doug Branson's prediction for every single game, 82 game schedule before the season starts. And so that's all happening. We're going to throw it at your face today. Well, listen, it's important. I think the people want to know what I think uh, the Hornets are going to do in each and every game this season, come out with a final record prediction. Because I haven't had a record prediction, by the way. No one has heard from me what I feel like the Hornets are going to finish uh, this regular season uh with so i can't wait to reveal that as we move along but i think that's coming up first i want to give you some highlights of this schedule in case you haven't checked it out maybe you didn't watch the live show yesterday so the hornets are going to open up on wednesday october 19th on the road against the san antonio spurs their first home game will be the following game against new orleans on october 21st well, that's a pretty that's actually a pretty exciting game because Zion seems to be coming back. You know, they've got Brandon Ingram, they've got uh CJ McCollum now. I mean, that's it's gonna be pretty, you know, they're off a play a little tiny little playoff run. I mean, that's gonna be an exciting game, I think. No, it will be. And I'm glad that they're playing them at home because Doug, I look at the beginning of the schedule. You know, you oftentimes look at the stretches at the beginning of the season or when the schedule is released. Okay, where where are the hard games gonna come? It doesn't look like they have a too hard stretch of a schedule until you get to, I would say, the beginning of December. I mean, there's not a ton of games in a row, a ton of teams in a row where you're like, man, that's just going to be a brutal stretch, right? Like you have San Antonio to open up. New Orleans is going to be better than they were last year, and they were already well, three-game road stretch after that, though. That's kind of tough. Now, I remember last season, I believe, they played Lakers Clippers back to back on the road and we noted that that was was something tough to open up with but yeah Atlanta New York Orlando so not like crazy tough matches but you got to spend three nights on the road but I guess but I guess that's my you're gonna have to deal with some of that throughout the entire season too it doesn't you know if you're gonna have a three-game road trip Atlanta New York and Orlando it's not too bad all things considered Atlanta probably would be better I would think New York is better this year Orlando who knows New York always thinks New York's better. Um, that's right. 
Um, but then you have Golden State, tough team, but then Sacramento at home. And then on the road against Chicago, who finishes the sixth seed last year. Just my point being, you're not you're not playing the top dogs. You're not having this long road trip until you get into the month of December. Point being, if you can get through late October and all through November where you're feeling decent about that schedule, that'll be a good thing because you're trying to make sure that you have, you know, trying to pile up those wins as much as you can before it really gets tough. So last season, the Hornets started 3-0. and I give you San Antonio on the road. I give you New Orleans at home. I give you then Atlanta on the road and then New York on the road. That Atlanta game is a strange tip, 5 o'clock tip. A few rematch. games rest in between that, by the way. Three, yep. You get some rest. You get you get to play a team uh, for some vengeance. Uh, they they embarrassed you on national right. television in the play-in game. So there'll probably be a lot of energy around that game. So I give you that four-game stretch, and I ask you this, Walker. Uh-oh. Last season, the Charlotte Hornets started three and zero. That was the best start in franchise history. What do you give their chances of starting four and zero and and having the best start in franchise history again? It's not that good. The chances aren't. It's I, not I just, impossible, though. Like that's no, not. No, I mean, no, it, I think I think those are. Like I think Atlanta obviously is going to right. be the toughest in that stretch. But it's well, reasonable. New Orleans probably. I, mean, I think home, New Orleans though. more than Atlanta. Yeah, I think. Well, I forget. You forget Dejounte Murray's over with the Hawks now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those two teams are going to be the, the the toughest. But also, Doug, here it, it comes down to also something pretty simple. How good do you think the Hornets are? And the Hornets are one of the teams that got worse this offseason, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right. So so it's this is the thing when we try to figure out the schedule. It's funny. All of these bottom feeder teams or teams that are barely going to sneak into the playoffs is how tough is the schedule? It might be pretty tough because your team isn't as good. (laughs) You're not as good this year. You didn't make any moves. Yes, there's still some time, but obviously we've gone through a long portion of the offseason and you're down Miles Bridges because of his offense and you did not replace that with anything. You brought back Cody Martin. You did draft Mark Williams, which is nice. We like it. Point being that that's what makes the schedule easier. Not is if you yourself are a good team and I'm not going to call this a good team compared to everybody else in the Eastern conference. Okay. I'm going to circle some stuff. I'll, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got this uh, schedule up on the screen. I'm going to circle. Some you. Stuff. I like having our own big board. A little are illustrator. The- I got a little, I got a little teal pin here. I'm circling Wednesday, November 2nd at Chicago on ESPN. So I think it's part of like a, I don't know if this one in particular, but they're doing this like rivalry series in the NBA and that's where one of these Chicago matchups that are that's on national television it's going to be part of that ball versus ball I don't know if that's really a rivalry and certainly I don't know if Charlotte and Chicago could be counted on as a rivalry maybe back in the maybe back in the mid 90s it it kind of was (laughs) I don't know if it even was then because Chicago just dominated Charlotte but they played each other a lot in the playoffs we we had our BJ Armstrong moment remember that was in the last dance BJ hits the jump shot and the Charlotte Hornets I think take game one and then get swept the rest of the way because Michael got mad but also cool moment in last dance where you see Michael reading Rick Bennell's article about BJ Armstrong hitting that shot just really cool but anyways continue Okay, so that was the first national TV game, November 2nd. Now you run into four straight games uh, that are faux national TV games. So I'm going to break out the red pen and just go, that's not a national TV game. That's not. But it is NBA TV against the Clippers on the 21st, NBA TV on the 26th of December 
against the Blazers, and then follow that up back, kind of back to back Tuesday, 27th against Golden State. That's also on NBA TV. So they have three NBA TV games out on the road. And then another NBA TV game on January 16th against Boston. That's one of these baseball <laughs> series games. You're just you having fun with this. So you're just exiting yeah, out. Yeah, so what are fake? TV. Well, then listen, they're fake <laughs> national TV games. I just have to let the people know these are not real yeah. national TV games. This one is against Chicago, January 26th at home, 7.30 against, uh, on TNT. And then finally, February uh, 10th against Boston, ESPN. We'll circle that one too. So you got right. three national TV games, four fake national TV games. I want to bring out the big board a lot more as we go on because you were Bobby Marks. You're better than Bobby Marks with it. He's struggled before. He's gotten better. You know, Bob, when they're doing the NBA free agency show and I think maybe even the draft where he's good at maybe using the board, but the multitasking of using the board and talking to the camera Bobby is excellent with the numbers in his head, trying to project that while he's working the board. Is can, can I note something else before before we get into this next segment? Is look at all of these road games starting and starting with this West Coast roadie in December that starts December eighteenth. You've got all of these road games here. You you come back for a four game home stretch against Oklahoma City, Brooklyn, Lakers, Memphis. You know, my, you know, the Oklahoma City, Brooklyn, depending on what players are left in Brooklyn, those seem to be winnable games. Lakers, Memphis, going to be a lot tougher. But then look at this eight games uh, out of 10 on the road in January. You're only playing, gosh, you're only playing six home games in January. That's going to, this is going to be the tough stretch. I think that's my overall 30,000 foot take. The start of the season, pretty normal. The middle of the season, brutal. End of the season, they've got a lot of home games. If this team's going to make a run for the playoffs, it's most likely going to happen in the back half of the schedule, March, April, end of February. Yeah, no, it's it's when you get to December where it gets tough. That's absolutely right. I will say this, the one big-time scheduled loss I see, how about the second night of a back-to-back on the West Coast against Golden State? on December 27th. That's on a- NBA. Yeah. On NBA Ooh. TV. Yeah. They, they, they really <laughs> do the Hornets dirty here two nights in a row on NBA TV. So at least there'll be some oh, attention no. for LaMelo ball no. out West. I you know what? I think this is tampering. You put LaMelo ball on national TV out West two nights in a row to me, NBA that's tampering. Well, and then, yeah, just even a, one game removed from a game against the Clippers. You know, so you've got three NBA TV games on the West Coast road trips. Get out of here. Yeah, brutal. I, see what you're right. do- I know what you're doing, NBA. I got my conspiracy hat on. I know what you're All doing. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We're going to continue our journey. Who wore it best plus the baseball series? Is that what we're calling some of these games against the Charlotte Hornets and one of these back-to-back games that they're going to be playing against some teams? We'll get to why they that's actually happening across the NBA in just a moment. But I want to talk to you about this first. It can happen so easily. You're out with your friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. It's time to go. And for a moment, you think of calling for a ride. But no, you're good. You're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. What are the odds you're actually going to get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life for someone else's forever. So play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride, drive sober, or get pulled over. Talk a little more about the schedule coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. For right then, I felt like I had some synergy with Mitch, and I felt like, you know what? I'm in these guys' heads. I understand. I talk. I listen. I did all the right things. 
And then I did you? Li- what voices were you listening to? Were you listening to the voices deep within your head saying, this is what I think Mitch is going to do? And then you just regurgitated that back onto Twitter? That's what I always do. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, we were questioning the back-to-back games that the Charlotte Hornets had against some of these franchises. Home and home, Dallas was on a road and away game with just in a couple of days of each other. I know you have some information on why that actually is taking place, so why don't you share with the people what you found? Yeah, I found this uh, on NBC Sports from Kurt Heelan, uh, writes that the NBA says it cut down on team travel this season with the average team traveling 41,000 miles. That is down 2,000 miles from last season. Obviously, less travel means more rest, means maybe some of these star players can play in a few more of these games. How is the league doing that? Well, it's uh, through 55 of what Kurt has quoted here. I don't know if this is what the NBA is calling it, but he has it quoted here as baseball series. These are sets where a road team plays two games in a row against the same home team. The Hornets have four, five, excuse me, of these such games, three of them home, home and home where they are playing at home twice against the same team and then away, away where they are playing the same team on the road. They do that twice. Uh, So that's what's happening. They were beta testing this. There were two examples of this last season for the Charlotte Hornets where they were beta testing this across the league. Now there are going to be 55 of these such uh, series to reduce travel. I mean, I, I think it's a good idea. I think there are some downsides though, Walker, that, that Kurt points out here. Like if you're, so take the Boston series, for example, if you're uh, somebody in Charlotte and you want to go see Jason Tatum play. Well, if Jason Tatum has an injury, uh, then you're going to miss out on both opportunities to see him come to Charlotte. So that's that's the one of the kind of unfortunate downsides. Do you see any positives or negatives of this? That's the one that you think of. If somebody has an injury, then <clears throat> the odds are if you're suffering from something one game, you're going to be suffering from it the very next game. I mean, maybe it doesn't happen that way, but odds are you could miss two games because of whatever ailment you're going through at that point, and the fan doesn't get to see you. The Dallas thing is weird because they're playing back-to-back in Dallas and then in Charlotte, or at least within a couple of days of each other. So with that Mm -hmm. taking place, it's not like the Dallas fan gets to see LaMelo Ball if he doesn't play in that game, or the Charlotte fan doesn't get to see Luka if Luka's not playing in that game. The other thing is, but if you're just talking about the overall appeal, I'd like to have them spread out. You know, you're getting rid of the Dallas series just bang, bang, so you don't have to look forward to Luka in a different time that they're playing too, right? So, you know, I, Marty Herney used to say this. It's not who you play him, it's when you play him. NFL, but maybe sure. you can transition that to the NBA. And so if you're playing the Toronto Raptors during this stretch where you're not playing very good basketball – then you just might get beat because you're down a man and it doesn't truly represent your matchup with that team. Whereas maybe it kind of evens out if you play the Raptors here and then you wait a couple weeks and then play them and then wait a couple more weeks. So that's another problem you might have with it. But overall, if it comes down to the player's safety, limits the travel a little bit more, then it probably the, the, the benefits probably outweigh the detriments to that. What is why I think the the Hornets schedule as it's laid out right now probably benefits them somewhat because I do expect them to get started well 
because this is a team that likes to get up and down the floor and play offense. And I, I think those teams tend to start seasons well, jump on teams offensively that may not be ready to go defensively. And then as the and then in the middle of the season it gets a little bit worse. But I think you know if you're banking on your young players, which the Hornets have a lot of, yeah, to get better then you like the idea that in March and April they've got a lot of home games and a lot of beneficial schedule quirks in the back half of this season for them uh, to make their run. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, I think anything that the league can do to reduce travel, to reduce wear and tear is great. I don't think it's going to really have a solid impact on the player rest situation. But I think what the NBA is doing here, Walker, is that they are laying out every, they're using every tool they have so that when they finally do lay down the hammer and say, all right, cut it out. No, because, because what they're, I think what the league's going to do eventually is go to the players and say like, we either have to stop doing this or we have to cut out games. And if we cut out games, it's going to be less money. So I, I think the the NBA is trying everything they can to get players on the floor before they finally lay down some more serious things. Yeah, they're not going to cut out games. In fact, they're going to add more with an in-season tournament, possibly. So they're not doing that. <laughs> they're not going to miss out on some of this money that they stand to make. All right, you are our time lord. You are the Robert Williams of this podcast, Doug. Do we have enough time to look at some jersey numbers, or do you want to have a longer segment in the third and final segment? Yeah, let's look at some jersey numbers okay. in the next segment. Um, I did, let's see if I had another note here uh, on, oh, I did want to give Hornets fans a little heart because I, I'm sure you read somewhere, maybe you heard on this show that the Charlotte Hornets are the only remaining team that has never played on Christmas Day. They did get their MLK game back at home. That's that's a nice uh, a bone that the NBA threw back to the Love Charlotte Hornets. Love the MLK Day games, especially when the Hornets are playing on them. They're so much fun. Absolutely. And so that's great. But they are the last remaining team that has never played on Christmas. And that could, that certainly is disappointing and it's embarrassing. But at least the Hornets are not included in this list of just one real nationally televised game. The Hornets have three of those. They are not in this list of teams that only have one national TV game. The Utah Jazz, the Sacramento Kings, the Orlando Magic, the Indiana Pacers, the Detroit Pistons, the Houston Rockets, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Hornets are just outside of that sort of basement list of teams, the sewer teams. Yeah, maybe we don't get to jersey numbers because I do find that interesting. Young players, young stars, the, the excitement of the unknown, that can be attributed to an OKC with Chet Holmgren, with some of the rookies that they have on that roster, and the fact that they only have one Tele- nationally televised game SGA is a nice draw they only have one so then you go to Houston Jalen Green you know maybe not necessarily the greatest rookie year but still exciting player they have a lot of rookies there too and young players they only get the one draw you mentioned a few of those teams Orlando right they have Paolo Boncaro number one overall pick only one nationally televised game maybe and we already gave LaMelo credit for carrying pretty much the entire weight in order to get these nationally te- nationally televised games for Charlotte. But maybe it actually maybe he actually is a bigger draw than we thought, considering all of those teams that only get one nationally televised game. What's the ball name, right? Because one of the real national TV games that the Charlotte Hornets have um, is against Boston and the other two are against Chicago. One of those being part of this rivalry series that the, that the NBA is yeah. promoting. So the ball name is carrying the weight this season. 
And, and you hope, the hope is, I think, that he gets a lot better this season or maybe next season and gets that, you know, gets them eventually to the playoffs where then you can start accumulate, you can mix all of this together. You have the ball draw, you have the, hey, the Hornets are a legitimate threat to put on a good show. Because I mean, part of the problem too is that I think if you look over the past few years, the Hornets haven't necessarily performed well on national TV. There might That's be right. a reputation uh, subconsciously within the within the viewership, but also within the NBA that watches closely these national TV games. And they go, well, you know, I'd like to throw the Hornets a couple more national TV games, but honestly, we just don't know where they're at night to night. That's part of the young team uh, uh, kind of kind of minus too um, that, that you have going on with these national TV games. So I, I you know, I have faith that that LaMelo Ball is going to lift this team into contention eventually and get some more national TV games. I think we're just going to have to wait on that. All right. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll finally get to the who wore it best segment. Start. I forget what number. We're in the 40s. Maybe we got to the late 30s. Either way, you'll just have to check it out. Coming up in the third segment here on Lockdown Hornets. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. It's your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Who wore it best? Coming up next. Is Locked on Hornets. Well, don't let, hold on. Don't let me end my take on that because that's not what I mean. I don't mean that he shouldn't nope, be in the NBA. No, that's what you meant, and no, it's disrespectful. I mean that. You're Anthony Tolliver. I'm Trevion Graham. That's who I love. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. For those of you who do not remember, maybe you're just joining us because you took a couple of days off from Locked on Hornets. One, welcome back. Two, here's what we've been doing. We've been looking at... The players in Charlotte Bobcats slash Hornets history who wore each number best. A couple of rules that we've gone by. It has to be during the time they wore that number. A couple players switched numbers during their tenure with the Hornets. And so if you only wore 55 through the first two years of your tenure with the Hornets and then switched, we're going to judge you by those two years you wore number 55. So that's kind of the rule that we've been going by. And we've gone through a few numbers already. Doug, I'll let you take over here and, and get us all the way through. I believe 39 is where we left off. Uh, that's correct, Walker. So number nine, number 98, the only person to ever wear it. Arnaldus Kulbica gets number 98. Number 55 went to Chris Douglas Roberts. Number 54 went to Lee Nalon. Nails. Number 52 went to the Geiger counter, Matt Geiger. Number 50 went to Emeka Okafor. Number 45 went to the Hammer, Armin Gilliam. Number four, uh, by votes, we we took this uh, to a YouTube poll. Derek Coleman, D.C., coming in at number 44. Number 43 goes to Anthony Tolliver. Number 42 we gave to P.J. Brown, the defensive anchor of those late, uh, early aughts Hornets teams. Number 41 went to Glenn Rice, of course. Number 40 went to Cody Zeller. And number 39, the only person to ever wear the number 39, Tommy Tolbert, who I, I don't think we did enough justice talking about Tommy Tolbert at the number 39. 
uh, because we didn't even look up this picture of Tommy <laughs> Tolbert in a Charlotte Hornets uniform. Uh, and he has this sort of, I don't know if this was like a Fred Durstian look, if he was, yeah. if that was the style of the, of this time. I mean, we're, we're talking about what, 1999. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but he has this like spiky white bleached blonde spiky hair. Uh, just very interesting look for Tommy T. Yeah, no, he's definitely a giant version of a lead singer of a punk rock band in the early 2000s. Tom Tolbert also suiting up for the Charlotte Hornets during his rock tenure. All right, let's get to number 35. Nine players who wore this jersey number. Uh, yeah, starting in 1989, the inaugural season, Sidney Lowe, former coach of the NC State Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. How do you like that? Yeah, Sydney Lowe. I, I don't think Wolfpack fans like it very much. Uh, Richard Anderson in 1990. This is a name, and I've been through a lot of Hornets names, uh, both just as a fan of the team uh, for a long time, but also in doing some of this every Hornets box score stuff. And this is a name I have never heard. Gerald Glass. Yeah, I don't know it. I have no idea. Maybe we'll click that in a minute. Donald Hodge in 1996. uh, Two 1996 names that I just don't recall. I do recall Kirk Haston, one of the uh, final draft picks for that first run of the Charlotte Hornets in 2002, Malik Allen in 2005, Lonnie Baxter, ACC name there in 2006 for the Bobcats. Number 35, Adam Morrison. I don't know if that, if that came to people immediately or if they've just completely blocked off Adam Morrison's time with the Bobcats. But from 2007 to 2009, he dined the dawn, the number 35. And then finally Christian Wood. 2017, number 35. This is this is the worst one with the ratio <laughs> of long names. Like you have, whoo, buddy. I mean, yes, 39 is it 39 isn't tough because there's only one player to have worn 39. 98 isn't tough because it was only Arnie who wore 98. You have nine players who wore 35. And Doug, I don't know who to give it to at this point. Well, we can get I think we can safely give who wore it uh, bust. We can give who wore it bust Adam Morrison, unfortunately. Um, I think this not, is, yeah. I, and he might wear it best as well. <laughs> this might be the rare who wore it bust and who wore it best, just statistically. Well, um, there, I can't really argue. I mean, yeah. we can just take a quick stroll down memory lane. Of course, he drafted his first year. He played in uh, 78 games, started 23 of them, averaged almost 30 minutes a game. Field goal percentages were in the toilet, 37.6% from the field. <laughs> Did shoot a respectable 33.7% yeah, from three, but only, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not garbage. It's like pretty close, Yeah, but yeah. A, uh, almost 12 points a game on average, three rebounds, two assists, uh, then has the knee injury, misses the entire next season, comes back, uh, barely gets on the floor, does play 52 games, but the stats uh, just fall through the floor. Eventually makes his way to L.A. for a couple of more seasons. It's not good, but it might be better just in terms of raw production than anyone else. Well, the best name is Christian Wood, but not because of what he did with the Hornets. It's what he did after his time with the Hornets. And Christian Wood probably can't be considered, even if he is clearly the overall best player. Based on our rules, I don't think we can give him the award for who wore it best. I love this nickname that I'm on right now for Gerald Glass because I'm just so like interested in who this player was that played in five games in the 1995-96 season for the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> ended his career. We've uh, we've gone through a couple of players, Otis Thorpe, a couple of guys that have just ended their career in Charlotte. Like just played a few games yeah. for the Hornets and then called it quits. But I love this nickname for Gerald Glass. It's world class. 
Gerald World-class World Glass Class Glass. <laughs> mm, it is a great nickname. <laughs> oh, Maybe we give it to way him. Way better nicknames in the past than they have now. We're just not good at nicknames anymore. It's just kind yeah. of a relic, relic of newspaper past. Maybe we just give him the award for the nickname. That's okay. Tr- that's- all right. I like it. All right, Gerald. No way. Well, Are we doing that? Yeah, okay, sure. That's why fine. not? Five games. Five games for Gerald Glass. Yes, it's tough to get. Yeah, I, I don't even want to look at that. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with those names. I didn't yeah, think we anything just did. Would be we gave one. it to Gerald World Class Glass. All right, that's fine. Yeah, bring the fanfare. There you go. All right, Gerald Glass. Congratulations to you. Uh, number 34, we've got J.R. Reed, 1990 to 1993, Tony Smith in 1997. Uh, I just, we've uh, we've recorded another episode of Every Hornet's Box Score, and it involves a, a, a very interesting Tony Smith game from 1997. I'll just say that. And then uh, Robert Tractor Trailer, 2002. This one's actually, I think, tougher than it seems. Because this is a classic case of you've got a player in J.R. Reed who had a lot of production, was a high draft pick, but ultimately disappointing. We could give a who wore it bust, I think, to J.R. Reed. But then you have Robert Trailer, Robert Tractor Trailer, who uh, was a fan favorite, uh, but you know isn't going to have the production that J.R. Reed did. This is a little bit like the Derek Coleman Kenny Gaddison conversation, but Kenny. A more more beloved than Robert Trailer and also Derek Coleman more hated than J.R. Reed. So this is a almost Gatman Derek Coleman conversation light. I still think that it goes to J.R. Reed. You know, the numbers weren't bad enough for J.R., despite maybe people wanting more from him during his tenure with the Hornets. All rookie team, so he does have an honor. I'll go J.R. Reed, but I totally get your point. Yeah, so he was a uh, first-round pick, fifth overall in the 1989 NBA draft, so the second uh, draft, second first-round draft pick in Charlotte Hornets history. Of course, out of UNC, a lot of people thinking they took J.R. Reed because he went to UNC, and there there was this thing from George Shin where he event, he 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 apparently told his staff, his uh, you know front office staff, hey, if it's between somebody from the ACC and another guy, and it's kind of neck and neck, just take the ACC guy. Like it just it made sense to his business head, not just basketball head, but just to his business head that like if it's close, just go with the ACC guy. It'll it'll bring in more people into the seats. Uh, so Shin a little ahead of his time in that kind of thinking here in Charlotte. Uh, but they draft Reed, uh, who was uh, a center, uh, but just the he he was a center that didn't have a lot of like offensive skills that the coaching staff was really looking uh, to to him for. And they, of course, would find their center in Alonzo Mourning later and move on from the J.R. Reed era. Uh, but it, it just wasn't a great era. And then, uh, you know, Tractor Trailer 2002 uh, just had that one beautiful season where he plays 61 games, only starts one. But he was just such a – only 3.7 points per game. Like, I can't I mean, make yeah. a lot of arguments. I can't make a lot of arguments. Oh, I mean, man, look. We you, loved you, him as a role player. Look, yeah, that that's the thing. You have to have just loved who Robert Trailer was. And even with the 61 games he played, he only averaged 11 minutes in those games. You look <laughs> How back is that the- possible? He he occupies such a space in my mind. How is that possible that he only averaged 11 minutes? That's just how it is. And if you look at the numbers for J.R. Reed, here we are kind of discussing him as a bust, but he did average 11 points through his first three years in the league. I, I mean, through him being just 23 years old. Now, actually, he served a second stint with the Hornets, too, which is often he did, forgot they, about. 
yeah, they brought him back in 98-99 um, for 16 games where he averaged 15 points per game and, uh, and seven rebounds. Like it was Only actually, like 15 uh, games, though, I think, is what he played in that season. Yeah. Yeah. Or that yeah. little time. So I think we have to give it to J.R. Reed. I'm, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to vote for J.R. Reed here. I don't think it's it's even worthy of taking to the fans. I think we're going to go with J.R. Reed here. Um, number 34, who wore it best? J.R. Reed. Yeah, I wore this number in high school. A little Hakeem shout out back in high school. Can I get? Can I do some win loss as as we close out? Just very quickly, yeah, I just want to get a couple of these out of the way. You know, so we're one and zero according to Doug Branson because of the San Antonio dub that you have right now. So we'll uh, start with New Orleans, the home opener on October twenty first. That's right. So yeah, I gave I gave them the dub here against San Antonio. I'll mark it in teal. I don't know what color I'm going to go with if they lose. I'm going to tell you right now. First home game, I think the Hive's going to be alive. They're going to be anticipating some basketball. Zion's going to bring some people too. So, okay. I'm gonna, but but I'm going to say Lamelo versus Zion is going to be interesting. I'm going to give the the edge to the Hornets. <laughs> Two and zero, oh, baby. Here we go. We're just one game away from tying the best franchise record for a start in their history. Do I dare? Do I dare say at Atlanta? They they're looking for revenge. Lamelo, look, Trey Young doesn't. He played. He played decent as the game went on in that play-in game, but actually had a tough start. Trey Young last season did not play well against the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets had a good game plan, and I think Clifford brings an even better game plan defensively. I'm going to say dub for the Hornets at Atlanta. They start three and zero. Oh. Yeah, who cares? We're all good. Uh, who cares about the bad off season? The Hornets, they're rolling. They're three and zero. Oh. I'm going to stop you there because I want to end on a win, and I don't know how wow. long you're going to keep this up. Well, so we'll we're. Yeah, we're three and zero. Oh. San Antonio dub coming back against New Orleans at home dub, and then going to Atlanta, we make amends for what took place in the play-in game against Trey Young and company, and we get that victory to go three and zero. Oh. All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Appreciate you hopping on and making us your first listen. Make sure your second listen is Locked On NBA. It's just a daily thirty-minute update, everything taking place within the association. Check it out anywhere you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and we will be back with you tomorrow.